First question, tell me one thing you do to create your best year ever. Yeah, so at the beginning of the year, I ask what is the experience that I want to feel about my year? And generally, that is how I am, you know, scheduling my time, which is everything we're talking about today. And I'm very proactive in creating that ahead of time for the year. Can you dive deeper in what experience means? Yeah. So for example, do I want to have Friday afternoons off? Do I want to have a lighter schedule around the summertime when my son's off and a heavier schedule in the winter when we're hibernating and kind of hunkered down anyways? So I really look at what is the natural flow of my year and then create the schedule that complements that based on other goals like more travel in the summer and hunkering down in the winter. Love it. Lifestyle Design 101. And welcome to Best Year Ever, a podcast designed to inspire growth and impact so you can create your best year ever. And I'm your host, Rob Cressy. And joining me today is Amber De La Garza, a productivity coach for small business owners. Amber, great to have you on the show. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to chat today. And I'm really excited about what we're going to talk about because we are going to get into uh, creating freedom of time. And on the surface level, time may not be the sexiest of topics. But as I said to you, time is something when you get the freedom of time, it unlocks all possibilities in your life because now you can start to do more of the things that you want to do in your life. And it is our ability to control or design or create time to do the things that we want to do to allow us to do the things we want to do. Yes. Some of the words you used, I mean, that is great. Launching off point is to design, right? And I hear you say create time. People think that we get to create time, of course. Um, But for me, it's more about um, being purposeful and determining what it is you're going to do with such a finite resource such as time. Yeah. And I think one phrase that we can remove is finding time that I love people. I'm thinking like, oh, I'm going to open my uh, closet door over here. And I just found two hours. So that's why I like to use create because there's an intention. Find makes it believe that somehow you just weren't looking. Whereas similar to you are using purposefully when you create time, you're purposeful about how you're going to use that. And oftentimes that is, um, also by removing something else that does not serve you or align to what it is you want to accomplish. 100%. So asking good questions is always a great start. So what sort of questions do you start with then around? So it's like, all right, we understand that we want to have freedom around time, but this may be something that no, someone has never even thought about the connection between freedom and time. So where do we even start to begin to comprehend how we can design our own internal freedom as it relates to time? Yeah, well, I think that anything worthwhile starts with questioning it, right? And asking the question of, does my schedule work for me? Like, Seriously, some people have never asked themselves that because their their schedule has become a default to all of the yeses that they've said, yeses to work commitments, yeses to clients, yeses to family, yeses to all the things. And then as a result, their schedule is just 
a default and they never stop to say, does this work for me? So let's then uh, get rid of default and start to live in design. So when I think about how I create my ideal day, my schedule, how I want to do things, I think I look here and right now I've got a um, sheet of paper that says, most important things in my life. And there's 17 of them right now. And it doesn't mean that this is the totality of everything. But if at any point I'm like, what can I be doing right now? Boom. These are the most important things. So my first tip would be just writing down a list of the things that you want to do. And then you can even prioritize them. But I feel like most people don't even have a a roadmap to go off of to say, wait a second, am I living in my zone of genius and doing the things that I want to do? Or is everything just default? Right. Yeah. And you know, when I had you on my podcast, we had started off with the importance of having a good morning routine. And one of the questions you can just begin is actually bookending your day and or putting kind of like the the border around the picture that you're going to paint for yourself. And that border would be, what time do I want to wake up? Well, based on what time I want to wake up, how much time do I want to get and sleep each night? So what time do I need to go to sleep? These are really basic, but without being intentional about it, we hit snooze or we go to bed a lot later and then we're not getting sleep. And then we wonder why we don't have the willpower, the focus, the energy to make the choices we really know we want to make with where we're going to invest our time throughout the day. So it sounds super fundamental, but I believe we need to prioritize our sleep and make a declaration of when we're waking up and when we're going to sleep. So you start putting the the pieces around the puzzle, right? The borders. And then we start filling in with all of the other things that are really, really important to us. One of the things I love to say is success leaves breadcrumbs and amber. You just opened up a Pandora's box because you said the word declaration. And this is something that the number of people who have said declaration on the podcast is very few, which means ding, ding, ding. There is something Ah. here because declarations are literally the game changer of all game changers for how I create myself every single day. It's part of how I coach and teach fundamentally is the ability to speak into existence, abracadabra, the things that we want in our life. We're not affirming. We're not putting a future state out there. We are declaring this is who I am and what I am doing. Can you describe a little bit more about that? Because you just got me really excited. (laughs) So, you know, when I say declare, I almost always use my hands because I talk with my hands and it's like putting a stake in the ground. Like you are verbalizing what it is that you're going to claim. And so if you're going to claim, I wake up at 5 a.m. or I go to sleep at 9 p.m. because it's important to get a good night's sleep, there is something really powerful in declaring and determining, which means we're being decisive with what we want to create versus what could what it could sound like is, I really wish I was a morning person and, you know, I guess I should be going to sleep at nine or maybe 10 or, well, we'll see what happens tonight. Like even the energy, I wasn't even faking that. You could be waffling on what it is that you think you want versus I am declaring this is important to me. Um, And so that's why I start with deciding. Being very decisive is the first step in creating time that feels like more freedom to you because guess what? While that may feel structured, you got to decide it. How much more powerful is that? Like, I didn't say go to bed at nine. You said, 
for me and my goals, this is what I want. To me, that's incredibly empowering. And when you start doing that throughout your entire schedule, while there will be more structure, it's structure you created for yourself. Yeah, and I think about one of my favorite books, Extreme Ownership by Jocko Wilnick, who says, discipline equals freedom. So being a creative myself, we love to live in flow and do things that we love. But a lot of people get uh, put into the corner or the trap that when you have unlimited freedom, well, if I can do everything, now you have analysis by paralysis. You're like, I don't know what to do next because I can do so many things. By giving yourself a guardrail, that actually allows you to create more or be more productive or do more of what you want because you've created the rules of the game in which you are going to play and one thing to sort of yes in this for us that's been extremely beneficial to me is for the last, I don't know, decade, I've created a time in which I am done with work during the day. And it doesn't mean that I am sitting there watching Netflix. It is, I created a rule called 3 p.m. And I created this before I had a child, of course. But I realized between the times of 3 and 4 p.m. every single day, there was a lull. And I wouldn't be as productive or as in action or as in love with what I was doing. It was a little bit grinding. And, and this is pretty much a five-hour energy commercial right now. We're like, oh, you have that <laughs> lull in your day. Well, I would feel that. And certainly as an entrepreneur and creator, when you're building the world and your image and you're like, this is my dreams and I love doing this. So how can I not have this hour of time? Because time is the most valuable thing in my entire life. How can I not love what I'm doing right now? but I wasn't. It was like something hit me. And I realized that frame of mind was not serving me. So that I could get rid of that story, I created a rule in my life called 3 p.m. And it said, every day at 3 p.m., I am done with expectations for the day. It doesn't mean that I'm sit there and watch Netflix. I can do whatever I want. And by giving myself permission to be done if I wanted or to not have to sling DMs or do sales or do something that was, as I would deem, productive, all of a sudden that freedom allowed me to say, you know what, I'm going to go take a walk with my dog for 20 minutes. I'd come back feeling refreshed. Boom. I may go and put in another two or three hours, but I allowed myself to have the structure to say, mm -hmm. you can be done at, done at 3 p.m. And it changed my life. Yeah, that's, I, that's, I've never heard anything like that. I love that. Um, we, I work a lot with looking at what types of activities you're doing throughout the day based on your natural energy levels. But the fact that you saw a 3 p.m. was a lull and that you get to in that moment decide, what do I feel like doing? Whereas maybe more structure was throughout the day of like, this was my to-do list, this is what I'm doing. I love that combination of flexibility. You know, um, so, and to your point, um, so even in my own schedule and how I teach, I teach with my clients is, so you're going to do your morning and your evening, um, for personal, but then also what is your start time for work and what is your end time for work? You know, the idea of starting a business or being an entrepreneur, one of the main reasons we do that is for freedom of time, double-edged sword. There is a lot of freedom with time, but if you've never learned how to actually have the skill set of managing your own time, that 
that amazingly finite resource that we have becomes a double-edged sword because with all that freedom becomes lack of structure. And then we're like, what is happening? I'm working around the clock. I'm working weekends. Like this never ends. Well, to, to be able to curb that and make actual freedom of time work for you is that you want to put, like you said, the guardrails. So what time are you going to start your day and end your day? What are your days off, your non-negotiables? Like maybe it's, I never work on Sundays. What that's also doing is letting something called Parkinson's law work for you. Parkinson's law, Parkinson's law states that tasks, activities expand to the amount of time given. And so if there's no declaration of the end of your day or the start of your day or days off, it is amazing how our to-do list keeps bubbling over and it takes more and more time and gets later into the, to the night or it's after you put the kids to sleep, it's never ending. But if you can put guardrails to it, it actually changes your decision making with how you're investing your time with the time you do have for your workday. Well, and then I would say to yes in that, the relationship that you have so that you're not carrying time guilt. I know from my experience myself that my relationship to time over the last decade has been extremely roller coastery because I've had the freedom of time unlimitedly. I've had time guilt. Like I said, my three pin rule where I would judge the things that I was doing to get the action. So maybe my action was not as effective in that time. So all of a sudden I would sit there and when you can do whatever you want, you're like, well, if I did this, but it wasn't as effective, now I'm starting to judge on myself how I'm using my time. And that wasn't serving me. And when you can be more intentional about this and then, what you don't want is to create this rule for yourself. You're done at 3 p.m., but then 5 p.m. gets there and you're like, Rob, what are you really doing? Are you really done at 3 p.m.? And you create this other narrative now where you've given yourself one rule, but now you create another story for yourself. And I find so much that freedom of time is around the story also that you create around your time and what you're going to do. Because we can create the structures and the guardrails and you can adhere to them. But at the same time, you can also have a voice that's telling you that you're not doing enough and that is not the world we're looking to create for ourselves. Yes, I love that you brought up the relationship with time. I actually have these sayings that I say all the time um, postered up behind me on my wall. And one of them says, time should not be a four-letter word. Oh, I like right? that. So like time should be something that, what is your relationship with time? It shouldn't be something that you're at odds with or enemy with. Like time, time can work for you and you can make time actually the catalyst that helps you create your best year ever or, you know, accelerate your growth personally or grow your business. Time is a resource that when used well and you're a good steward of it can actually be your ally and not your, your adversary. You're, you're not working against it. So great relationship. And then I also wanted to speak to that voice that you have. You know, we all have two voices. Like we're not all crazy. We truly do have voices in our head. And sometimes we may hear things like, uh, we may hear ourselves saying things like, there's never enough time. I wish I had more time. I'm never going to get it done. And it's the spiral. And so even if you're listening to today's episode and your takeaway is, be the observer of those thoughts. What is your relationship? Because the relationship is that conversation you're having. 
And I'm going to give one little tip that people can take right here, right now. And I know that you're about declarations and um, I, I, am a big believer in affirmations. So the affirmation that I have to cancel that voice out is I always have time for what matters most. I always have time for what matters most. And for me, that affirmation is so powerful because it puts me back in an empowered, powerful position because guess who gets to decide what matters most? Me. And if I truly believe I have time for example, the 17 things on your list, if you went through your day and said, you know what? I, it's true. I don't have time for everything. That's a BS statement, but I do have time for what matters most. Man, that puts you in a decisive, empowering decision with where you're going to choose to invest your time. Again, freedom, because you got to create that list of what mattered most to you, right? And I do too. And so does everyone listening. Ding, ding, ding. We have another <laughs> success breadcrumb. So Amber, you said that you have mantras around time and I have mm -hmm. mantras around time. So think about that. Two of us having this conversation, we love what we're doing. We've created freedom of time. And if you're sitting there listening or watching right now, and I challenge you to say, if you do not have a mantra or a declaration or an affirmation around time, let this be a little light bulb moment for you to say, hmm, maybe there's an opportunity for me to get connected to something. And Amber, you, what you created is almost identical to what I have created. So yeah. this is no the, surprise. You and I are always not. jamming. <laughs> so one of the, in the, the foundation for this is, on the creation side of things, more specifically in podcasting, when I would help people or brands launch podcasts, you know what the number one reason why people don't do it is that I would hear? You know what, Robin Amber? I just don't have enough time. How long have you been thinking about doing a podcast for? I don't know, a year and a half or two out, two years. And I'm sitting there and my mind is blown. I'm like, they are masking time as the excuse for why they do not do something. So I'm like, all right, let's actually get to the root of this. Because if you think about this with time, you are born and then you die. Literally in between there is the infinite amounts. Yeah, we've got calendars, we've got clocks. We've just got this thing that we keep time on, but really your relationship to it is you have all of the time in the world because time is never the reason why you don't have time to do something. It is a lack of action or a lack of prioritization because everybody has the same amount and it's the story and the relationship you tell yourself about time. So knowing this and how many people are saying, I don't have enough time. I don't have enough time. I'm like, I don't want that part of my being. So you know what I created as a declaration for myself? I am that I have more than enough time to get everything done. And I speak this into existence every morning and I feel into it because for me, it is my way of saying, I don't have enough time is thrown in the trash because I show up as a person every day, the best version of myself saying, 
I have all the time in the world to get everything done. So then you start to layer on the 3 p.m. rule. I am that I have more than enough time to get everything done. So if I choose to be done at 3 p.m., it's all good because I have all the time. It's not the excuse. So now I've reframed the relationship and story to time, similar to how you did, by declaring to myself that I have all the time in the world because we do. Mm, okay. I'm glad. I'm so glad that works for you. You know, mine was nuanced to say what matters most because, you know, I, it, again, we're going to just say double edged sword is that sometimes some people, when they think they have all the time in the world, it forces them not to prioritize and they get very optimistic with what they can do and accomplish. And then they make poor decisions with what they do with their time. So I just I just want to play devil's advocate here to say maybe maybe the utmost abundance serves you in your affirmation and or you need to tweak it to be a little bit more realistic because at the end of the day when you gave that example about the podcast my response would have been so up until now it hasn't been a priority is it a priority now? Right? Like because that's true it was only a prioritization and they could have been doing anything with their time. Um, only they could have determined now's the time I'm reaching out to you, Rob, you know, now is the time it's a priority. I'm going to do the podcast, which, you know, suddenly there's time. No, that would have meant that they had to say no to other things so that they could double down and, you know, start a podcast because it does take time investment. I love that you picked up on that distinction and I'm going to dig even deeper on this. So I'm with you and the way that I'm able to do that, of course, you give somebody absolute freedom, you can sit there and do nothing. But I would ask myself, well, who am I being that I'm showing up as a person who does nothing when I have all the time in the world? So right. let's fast forward to uh, five months ago. Actually, we'll go three months ago. My wife gives birth to our first child, a son. And all of a sudden, Rob, I am that I have all the time in the world to get everything done. I'm an entrepreneur. I create my life. I'm routine oriented. Boom. I'm a robot of high, high performance and efficiency. And boom, all of a sudden, all of that gets thrown out the window because here comes the baby, which now becomes the number one thing in my life. We're waking up at all sorts of hours. Rob, who wakes up in the fives, now is waking up in the sevens because we're waking up at 9, 11, 30, 1, 15, 4, 12, 5, 19. It's like, whoa, everything is thrown off. But remember, I am still, I have more than enough time to get everything done. So I'm speaking this into, I'm on the receiving end of some coaching and I'm sharing this with my coach, just the challenges I'm facing as an entrepreneur as it relates to my relationship to time and output as it relates to having a brand new son. So what we ended up creating for myself, a new perspective that dives even deeper into this. If you can imagine, it is I am that I create more output by working less. So now I have all the time in the world and now I've seen my time go from, let's call it eight hours, which is a fake number because it's not eight hours, eight hours to an hour and a half or two hours because I was auditing my time. And in the first month or two, you're like, I thought I was going to be able to work while the baby yeah. was right there. No, I couldn't even yeah. like turn on the TV and paint. it's nothing. So now <laughs> I'm sitting there with like an hour and a half of actual available time a day 
to create the things that I wanted. So I needed to create a powerful state of being in myself and a perspective and a lens. So you say, all right, let's try this on for size. If this is going to be how we're getting down, I am that I create more output by working less. Well, how is that possible? It's possible, but how would that be possible? Well, one thing says, well, normally what you would have is eight hours is now down to an hour and a half. So like turning coal into a diamond, that hour and a half, boom, the level of focus and power that I can create in that time. I can create eight hours worth of productivity in an hour and a half. Well, what does that look like? As you would say, Amber, let's go and design what that is. And then I can say, all right, well, Rob, what's another way that you could do this? Well, let's look into your team and your systems. How about you design better systems to allow you to scale yourself so that you're not actually the one doing it, which then says, well, now let's look at your team and where are their efficiencies that can be improved on and where would you actually love to be spending your two hours a day if that's all you've got right now? How would you like to be doing it? And now when I'm sitting there for those other six hours being with my son, my mind while I'm being present with him in the background is now working for myself. So I'm sitting there and I'm, I'm not computing like a robot while looking at my son, but my mind is saying, all right, Rob, let's compress that time. Let's compress that time. So now I show up even more powerfully, almost like cooking a soup where you're letting it marinate and marinate and marinate to now when it's almost time, boom, here I go. What are your thoughts yeah. on that? My thoughts are that you are experimenting and pressuring yourself into getting results. And the reason it worked is because you asked yourself an important question, full circle, is what could be possible if I could only work two hours? And then you are making different decisions. So like I said, when you were putting, when, when I asked you, um, your audience to say, okay, what do I, when do I start my day? When do I end my day? And if there's hard declarations to that, we make different decisions. Well, yours literally went to an hour and a half or two hours. And so that's going to force you to make different decisions for that hour and a half or two hours than if we had six or eight hours. So I do the same thing. I've done it with, you know, taking um, Fridays off, um, working six hour days. I've worked eight hour days. I mean, I've been in business for 10 years. I've worked 10 hour days. You know, what, what, what is the difference? The difference is the questions you ask and the problems that you're willing to solve to make it possible to work an hour and a half, two hours or in my, in my example, I work six hours and take an hour lunch break a day. So how is that possible? We are always solving for different ways to get either the same or better results. Yeah, and one thing I think can oftentimes be overlooked, and, and Amber, I get what you're saying, where when you create this time freedom, it doesn't mean we're going to be doing nothing with it. It's a possibility that by design as high-performing leaders, we're constantly optimizing things. But you taking Fridays off to where now that Friday is not the six or eight hour like before, but guess what? That may radiate your being even more and make you happier and kinder and more loving. And what are the results that that creates in your business? So all of a sudden, you've doubled down on self-care and self-love and time freedom, and you're actually the example of the things that you coach and teach to others. So, and I even I shared something about this in one of my Facebook groups that can you, what possibility shift would you have to have 
where leisure and relaxation actually helps you create more in your life. And I think Amber right there, you taking Fridays off, that's a perfect example of it where you can say, oh my God, I'm gonna feel bad about myself for doing this. Or you can be like, this is making me even more powerful. Oh, I 100% agree with that. To take that even further. So like, yes, and there are times where, so let me, let me back up. How I define productivity is investing your best time into your best activities. So your best time is your focused distraction-free time. Your best activities are the ones that propel you towards your goals, right? So that can lay over business and it can lay over personal. And there have been times where I have worked with a client and while the last session was like all these actionables and things to reach their business goal, the next session would be enjoy your vacation with your family. And let me remind you that is the highest and best use of your time. You're going to come back restored and refreshed and re-inspired. And that is it. And if you need to write that on a list and then check it off to feel good about it, go for it. That's the actionable because that's the, that's the duality of true productivity is it's not about just being um, what you produce and what you can get out on the business side. It's who you are so that you can show up your best. So Amber, let's wrap a bow on this because I think that is beautiful because at the end of the day, life is not about business. Life like this podcast is about creating your best year ever or your best life ever and your ability to show up every single day being excited for what it is that you love that you do. I know you and I, we wake up at whatever time we wake up and we're legitimately excited about our day and who we get to interact with and how we get to help. And that in the essence is what it is that you and I wanna share and give to the world is those perspectives that life is not just about business, that life is about living and loving what you're doing and even better when you can love your business and what you're doing. So now we're asking the questions to allow ourselves to design the things so that we can use and create our time so that we can spend it loving what we do. Absolutely. And and just, you know, full circle to also I'll recap on my end is to design your best year ever, whether it's a business or your work in a company or an employee is looking at how you want to experience the year, which is how we started that. So do you want to feel lighter this year? Do you want to pursue a more passion? Anything that you're looking to create, it is going to take a time investment. So prioritizing that into your schedule is is what we are trying to do here today to say that the resource that you have control of is how you decide to invest your time. So Amber, this episode, I feel like I want to give an action item and you can too because it is so actionable. And I think my action item is if you have not done so, carve out just 30 minutes of this week and be intentional about thinking about your relationship to time. Ask yourself some of the questions that we talked about. Prioritize things, even write down the most important things in your life, and then look and audit and say, hey, how much time am I actually spending doing the things that I love? Can you create some guardrails for yourself? But I think the gift, and this is actually a gift you give yourself, is just giving yourself 30 minutes of focused, intentional time to work on creating your relationship with time. Do you have an action item you'd like to share? 
Sure. My action item is to sit down today and plan tomorrow. And tomorrow, sit down and plan the next day. Because when you set your intentions and plan your days, your days become weeks, become months, become quarters, become your best year ever. All right. Well, we can't just end on that then, Amber. So when do I do that? And then when do you do that? Nice and simple, Bo. So that way we can help everybody. For me, every every Sunday, I make sure to plan my week ahead by day. I open up my calendar every single day in my 10X journal. I sit there Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, weekends included. I write down all the meetings, podcasts, coaching clients, things that I am going to create. Then every single day, I try to at night look towards the day ahead or first thing in the morning, I re-engineer what it is that we're doing. Did things get changed did things get added but by doing it on Sunday it allows my mind to start working on the week ahead so there's no surprises and then by looking at it the night before or the morning ahead now I can be more laser focused on the things that I want to create what does that look like for you Yep. So I do my weekly review Friday mornings for the next week. And then I do my daily, I call it a wrap um, review and action plan uh, 15 minutes before I end my day every day uh, for work. So generally I'm done at three. So it'd be at 2.45. I just do an adjustment and a reset for the schedule the next day. Like you said, what got done, what didn't get done, what new came into my world? Are there any priorities I couldn't foresee? And so I call it course correction. Um, so every day I get the opportunity to course correct, to get back on track with my weekly plan. Ding, ding, ding. This is another one of those breadcrumbs. Success <laughs> leaves breadcrumbs. If you're not doing these things, maybe this is something you want to consider. Amber, we're like two peas in a pod. I love jamming with you. Where can everybody yeah. connect? Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, everyone can find me at my website, amberdelagarza.com. Um, or on Instagram on Amber underscore De La Garza. Love to hear you. If you heard me, like DM me and just say hi. I love to, you know, kind of put a virtual face, I guess, with, with the listeners of the podcast. So say hi. And I can tell you from experience, Amber is pretty awesome. So you should slide into her DMs. And I want to hear from you. The thing that I'm curious about is how do you want to experience this year? Do you have a word? For me, my word of the year is love. Love is rating everything that I do. Maybe you have something where Amber's, boom, she's a little bit more specific on vacations, Fridays off, things like that. I want to hear about your relationship to your experience this year. You can hit me up on all social media platforms at Rob Cressy. Or if this conversation inspired you, I created a new group coaching program called I Am Great, which is a roadmap to freedom, self-creation, and the life you love. Go to robcressy.com backslash I am great. Excellent. Thank you so much for having me.